to the Last Drop Africa podcast. My name is Bella Twine and I have an amazing guest in studio today with me. And we're so excited to be talking about climate change, what he's doing in the climate change scenery, and also just in general, promote the conversation around climate change in this year of 2023, right? So if you are new to the Last Drop Africa podcast, this is a podcast that is made just for the sole purpose of countering man-made destruction on our environmental ecosystem and we aim to make sure that we stabilize the um, conversation around climate change and also get people to talk about it but also in a more solution-based angle. So our theme is your hand in combating climate change. Hi Jeffrey, how are you? Hi, I'm all right. How are you? Um, you're going to introduce yourself further and tell us what you've been doing, how are you, um, what are you excited for in this year, 2023, and any other comment. Yeah, so my name is Geoffrey. I'm an energy entrepreneur. I would say I love creating solutions and solving problems uh, in, 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 in interesting ways, but I also... I also think I have a passion for the outdoors, for like just being outside, like experiencing nature. So I think this conversation about climate change is is very relevant for me, both as someone innovating and creating solutions, but also as someone who in, enjoys the natural environment. So the sole purpose for our theme, Your Hand in Combating Climate Change, is to know our solution makers better and also know where they're coming from and why they're doing what they're doing, right? So I'd just like you to paint a picture in the minds of those who might not know you or might actually know you but don't know exactly where your story starts from, from the very moment of, oh, I got this idea and now let me start working on it. And why do I want to work on it? To combat climate change, right? In the past, I would say three or four years, uh, I've been actively building solutions in this space. And that's through the different initiatives that I've been part of. So I'm part of one, uh, the Climate Reality Leadership Corps, which is a community of change makers in, in, in the climate reality space or um, climate change space. Uh, so it was started by Algo, the previous uh, vice president of the US. And this was in 2022 where, yeah, 2020, um, where we got a, an in-depth training by him uh, on the effects of climate change, um, what what it takes to actually educate people about climate change, and how much or how little everyone else everyone can contribute to, I would say, saving the environment or achieving net zero carbon emissions. However, Besides that, I also, you know, started working on solutions in that space. So I have a business called ChargeCo that does phone charging solutions or energy solutions to power different devices. But 
we realized that okay yes you need your phone charged when you're in the bar when you're at an event but what happens like besides that uh there's a time you will go up country uh and maybe you're a tourist and you you basically need to to keep a bunch of things powered so yeah you need to charge go um so you need to power maybe your phone your gps tracker or something uh, if you're using a navigation device you need to power your lights uh, maybe you have a headlamp or something you need to power maybe a camera you can take beautiful photos and you're not in the most you know developed place you're probably in some remote area so we started thinking about it differently and saying okay in such a situation yes you need to power these devices but what are you going to use to power these devices are you going to use a generator which is what almost everyone uses in that space currently one of which a generator is heavy to carry you need fuel for it polluting the, the natural environment so you've gone into nature and you've just taken pollution to it and we started looking at, at solutions uh, for for that space when we were creating solutions we thought okay uh, can we have like a battery that or an energy storage solution that can enable people in the outdoors um, charge their devices or power their devices without using um, non-renewable sources like fuel which are already uh, inconvenient to use anyway so uh, and this is when we engaged uh, partners like mountain slayers uganda and united nations development program or undp and we started working on solutions in this space um, and i think that is something that that has really, I would say, introduced a new, a new way of um, engaging with the environment because you're going in there with... Uh, with it, it's with, like something that exists, but something yeah. different. It's like you won't even mind the charge core power bank or you don't think about it's making me stay away from the fuel and carbon emissions. I'm just doing this to charge my phone. You're, do, you're using the solution not because it's the fanciest solution, but because it's, it's, it actually does the job. It, it, it's actually better to use than the alternative. Yeah, but it is fancy. It is a fancy <laughs> device. When we started off with uh, small power banks, we really designed them for the urban areas. But of course, in, in, rural, in rural areas, in off-grid settings, in... Um, urban areas we had to have a different spin to it uh, so we had to have a bigger battery because in principle someone is trying to power maybe a laptop camera so there's a lot more to work with but all the batteries that were available in the market were very big and bulky uh, like the home inverter systems which are very expensive which you can't really carry around so we had to design a smaller battery pack that's light enough to carry, but 
has enough energy to power a wide range of devices yeah so i've realized that you as joffrey you as chargeco have had a very huge impact on the innovation space and in terms of the young people and the older generation in balance because i realized quite a number of people follow you like the the prominent older generation and then the young people that are you know um in this scenery this innovation space like tobayo say um people that are even not in any way connected to climate change per se but then they are in some way connected to innovation and they are also connected or channeled towards you and it's very good for your brand as chargeco and also just for the entire you know climate change um but how have you been able to balance that because you know most times they say oh gen z's and um, they're not so good with this and that but how have you been able to like balance your relationships being a gen z and also being able to maintain your relationship with the other generation it really happens with um intergenerational dialogue or, or engagement is that you you have to understand what each side actually brings to the table for me it's really figuring out that everyone cares about a different thing but at the end of the day all these all these agendas lead up to almost the same outcome a person in the outdoors is probably a company executive or like a young person that's traveling to you know get away from the hustle of the city and a person that's in the city is basically looking at how to make their life more efficient how to how to get to where they're going faster how to like it's they they they're not really looking at they're looking more at optimizing their life so you kind of just have to know what to offer or how to engage with different people so in terms of inter intergenerational dialogue it's it's something that's very important to balance the discussion and also have perspective of from each from each of the sides so young people really care about now in most cases they care about making their lives more efficient they are more fast paced so they want to do things that move really fast yeah and older the older generation is more calm and and you need a bit of both however when you're I'd say even creating solutions for each of these people you have to put that into context you have to put into context that the solution you provide is not out of touch with the kind of person you're innovating for or the dialogue that you're having with a person is not geared towards the like another set of people like if if someone I'll give you an example most of the people that go mountain climbing or hiking typically older most of the people who go f- when you're building solutions for all these um segments you have to put into context the type of the, the demographic yes most of the people who travel are in the outdoors or who can afford to travel as frequently as you know uh, more frequently are older and the younger people who are always partying in the bar and all that are usually the ones who want a different type of solution so when we built this energy storage solution it wasn't uh, the, like the portable battery pack it was good enough to cater for for the person traveling you know to Renzori and going off road or going into nature 
to power their devices, but also for a person who is in the city and lives in Nigeria, where power is always going off. Uh, instead of buying a generator, they, they can use the same battery solution. Need to power those applications sustainably using zero emissions solutions, not because zero emission solutions are fancy, but because they actually work better than fuel-powered uh, alternatives like a generator. Building solutions to reduce carbon emissions is not, a, is, is not something you do because it's fancy. You do it because it's better. And, and, and then, if you can also make it fancy, if you can also... I don't know, talk about the number of carbon emissions that you've, yeah, that you've saved and the tons of, I don't know, CO2 that are not being emitted. That's an added advantage. But I think utility is the most important thing before, before you even think about scaling the solution, but also building the solution with someone, with a customer in mind or the user in mind is actually very important. So how have you been able to maintain in the entrepreneurial journey? Because it's not easy financially, um, resource-wise, I mean, staff and people that you work with. And I think this is a conversation we always keep on having of how do you keep your people? Because not everyone has the dream. Not everyone is going to be interested in climate change. I mean, people say, oh, it's a boring topic. Um, <laughs> we've always had Chris um, say the same thing, you know. Um, Chris Ogon, I mean, we had him sometime on the podcast and we're saying, how do we make it interesting for the people that we work with or the people that we serve, right? How, how has that been for you? How have you maintained? Usually the biggest challenge in, in this space is because the solutions are physical solutions, you have to, you have to invest in them. Like the first, so the first challenge is, of course, money. Uh, you need to finance, you know, building the solution, testing the solution, scaling the solution. But I think also, in terms of the teams that you, that, or the talent, it's very important to have buy-in, but it's also, I think, really, it's your dream at the start. So you're going to be the most passionate, you're going to be the one thinking about the 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 problem every single day and if you get a team that is very passionate about climate change then it's an added advantage but really at the start it's you who is going to I would say drive uh, the discussion drive the innovation and then the team will sort of ease into your vision as they see you shape it but from the onset I think you need to be responsible as a person to seeing this through and because it's really your thing, you're, you're the person who started this whole journey, it's, it's you who is supposed to be at the forefront. You have to make this with the fact that one, it's going to take a lot more time than you think, two, it's going to take a lot more resources than you think, and three, you have to do it in half the time and half the resources because one, we don't have time. Um, climate change is here. Besides charge core, I've seen you doing bicycles. Um, could you just talk about that invention for, for a minute? I've always loved cycling ever since I was a kid. And uh, the reason why uh, 
we basically started the electric bicycle project is because food delivery, package delivery was still being done by motorcycles, even for short distances. And what that meant is you order for a Rolex of maybe 2,000 shillings and the delivery fee is 3,000 shillings. Uh, but also, this rider is charging you that much because he's paying an arm and a leg for fuel. And that's why we basically started looking at zero emissions solutions uh, like electric bicycles to still have the same um, outcome of you know faster deliveries cheaper deliveries but without sacrificing the speed and the distance that you could travel um, in, in in comparison to a motorcycle so we launched something else called uh, Kara which is basically an electric mobility and, and larger energy storage solution uh, uh, startup and Kara basically means it's, it's basically slang for power um, so we've been working on this since 2020 but I would say actively um, for the past six months we've been actively building we're already doing food delivery in, in Kampala using electric bicycles uh, we're still testing uh, the, the bikes with Jumia and Glovo and the results are already looking really good uh, yeah so yeah you should just order for as many things as possible in Jumia uh, you, you might get a chance of <laughs> being delivered to using an electric bicycle yeah, but they're out there, we're testing, we have a few riders on the road, and I think it's, it's looking very promising. So this year, we're looking to scale that to, um, to, to more riders and, and uh, more locations, I would say. Okay, so the second last question, or the last question. <laughs> so um, as an entrepreneur in this climate change business, um, what advice would you have for any other entrepreneur? especially those that are working on the cool stuff or the things that no one has seen because you know as innovators you always want to do what hasn't the public seen or heard of that's what i want to bring to the table well one of the things is there's two there's two sides to this right and if we're innovating for climate change you have to take uh, a double-sided approach there are the people who are building solutions for the future. So um, if you're building like new technologies that haven't been implemented before, maybe in the carbon capture space, uh, maybe in the battery space, and you're building like a different type of battery that lasts, I don't know, you know, for days, or you're building a a type of solar panel that that charges at night or something using the moon I don't know like something fancy you have to have the patience to build the solution right however the innovators who are utilizing what's already existing and scaling that and I believe at this stage we need more of the 
innovators or entrepreneurs that are scaling existing solutions compared to those who are creating new solutions. Why? Um, you've heard of the saying that don't reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of, th there are a lot of innovators that are getting derailed into trying to reinvent the wheel or trying to reinvent something that already exists. And yet it's, it's, not, it's not supposed to be like redone. It's, it's already existent. Um, scale it. Ensure that everyone in the world has whichever solution that you're building, right? So are you doing a solar-powered radio? Are you doing a tree? Are you, uh, you engineering a tree that, uh, that, that already grows in the wild, but uh, I don't know, absorbs a lot more CO2 than normal trees, like is a carbon sink or something? Get an existing tree and just ensure that every new tree that's being planted is, is that carbon sink, yeah, type of tree or something but also when you're when you're on the side of doing something new at times you don't really believe in yourself you don't think you can pull it off you think what makes me so special like you doubt yourself we need that we we need new solutions too but the innovators that are working on these solutions at times have a sense of self-doubt because maybe you're in Africa, maybe you have limited resources, maybe um, your solution hasn't been, been done anywhere or implemented anywhere, so you're asking yourself, what makes me so, so special? Or what makes my solutions uh, so special? So it's, if you're building a new solution, don't, uh, don't doubt yourself be confident and be confident in the fact that you can actually pull this off because all the things that we're using in the modern world were created by someone at one point however if you're building um and like if you're scaling an existing solution don't try to look like you're building a whole new thing or don't try to reinvent the wheel like use what's existing because you'll, you'll move faster, you'll require less resources, and you'll still achieve the same goal. So yeah, that's, that's usually the, the best advice for anyone building in this space. Awesome. So you're going to just say a few words um, as we conclude, but thank you so much for making time and being here on the podcast with us. For everyone out there who has been listening, this is Joffrey Mutawazi, who is the founder of Chargeco and co-founder for Karak, right? Um, and and we are so proud of what we, you are doing in that space as Last Drop Africa. Climate change is here. I mean, this, this problem is not going to go away anytime soon until we make it go away. We need to solve it using solutions that don't, don't disrupt our way of living in terms of like um, uh, really changing um, how, we, how we consume. Uh, but I think there needs to be a win-win situation where yes, we protect the environment, but we also 
uh, protect the livelihoods of, of people. The West has, uh, or the Western world is privileged that they have a lot more disposable income, so and a lot more uh, better, I would say, systems that can handle um, integrating new technologies and new solutions and new forms of consumption into into their lives without drastically uh, affecting the, I would say, quality of life. Um, however, in Africa, I think we have to innovate more uh, and build solutions that, I'd say, fit into people's lives uh, and 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 don't don't really uh, negatively uh, affect. So we don't want to take one step forward and two steps backwards. Yeah. Uh, so I think it has to be very people-centered. Uh, the, the solutions have to be centered around the people who are going to use them, uh, but also environment-centered. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, everyone else, thank you so much for listening to the Last Drop Africa podcast. And we will be having more guests for you um, come this year of 2023. Uh, this is our very first conversation um, starting the year 2023, but we'll also be having more of these conversations and more people um, who are, you know, making solutions in regards to climate change and anyone else out there who is having their hand in combating climate change. So thank you so much for listening and for watching. My name is Bella Twine and we'll be um, with you this time next week.